Hi everyone, welcome to episode 3 of Did You Watch The Race? The podcast where we look at F1 from the dual perspective of a new time fan. This is myself, Colm. And myself, Jason. I've been watching for a little bit longer. This week on the podcast we'll be reviewing the Jeddah Grand Prix that just happened there this afternoon and we'll be playing some fun games. Just before we start this episode, we want to give a quick shout out to everyone who followed and shared our new Instagram page. So thanks very much for that. You can find us on Instagram on Did You Watch The Race? And a very special shout out to Kyle Moore Karting in Dublin. They've given us some passes to give away. So if you go to the Instagram page, you'll be able to find a post where you can comment, share, like, follow, all that good stuff on the page. So a big thanks to Barry and all the staff at Kylemore. Myself and Jason have been there a few times and it's a great place to go and race. It's a great way to spend a couple of hours no matter what the weather is outside. So we would definitely recommend giving them a check out and chancing your arm at a bit of racing. So, did you watch the race? I did actually, yeah. What were your overall thoughts? Pretty similar to last week. So uh, Red Bull dominance. Yes. I think Mercedes came back into it a bit more this week. I think Ferrari didn't have any major fuck-ups this week, which is pretty good for them. Yeah. Uh, major, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there was a bit of tension there, but I think they still did pretty well. Yeah, yeah. Teams obviously continuing to struggle to count five before... Yep, for the second week in a row. Yeah. And... McLaren continue to maintain their consistency down the bottom of the field. <laughs> yeah, fair play to them. So yeah, obviously Red Bull again showing their true pace in that car that yeah. we've seen pulling second after second a lap out of over every other team. Yeah, and obviously even after Max was starting in 15th. I know he got help from the safety car, but like he still managed to get back up pretty quickly. Yeah, and to, to go from the start, obviously it was great to see Alonso getting Perez off the line. But even I, when Perez got back to him, Alonso didn't even really seem to fight him. He knew he wasn't going. Yeah, to be honest, I don't even think Alonso got, like, got the better of him. I think Checo fucked up. Like, isn't like it was Checo's fault as opposed to Alonso doing a great job. Yeah. Not that yeah. Alonso didn't do a good job. I just think that more Checo had a bad start. Yeah, a Checo poor start rather than an Alonso great one. Yeah. He was able to hold him off for a couple of laps, but then once DRS opened up, the Red Bulls just took off yet again. Yeah, and the safety car then in the middle of the race really helped Max's overall race he had he kind of got effectively a restart of the race about yeah. halfway through i think he was sixth at the time of the safety car yeah so it gave him a chance to just cruise past the couple of mercs and alonso and i'm not sure if it was that he couldn't challenge checo or i think yeah i think if he he could have he would have he doesn't want to be coming second like he would have definitely fought for it I think he was having issues, seeing the fact that he, at the last second he, he only went for the fastest lap at the end. Yeah. It really shows that he, he didn't really have the speed this week to catch up with Checo. So yeah, fair play to Checo. Che- yeah, I was just going to say, Checo had a, ran a really solid race. Obviously, yeah, we mentioned the, the mess up off the line. But apart from that, I, I don't think Checo put a foot wrong the entire race. Kept his head together, managed his tyres well. Yeah, he ran a really good race. Yeah, and we've started to see at race two, the internal politics come out in Red Bull. They were both very aware of each other. So Checo asking the engineers what what Delta Max was going to when they were telling him to go plus plus yeah. four. Well, what why is uh why is Max going quicker than I am? Yeah, we're already seeing that come out from early in the race. Which, I also think it was very funny when you saw the end of the race. If you listen to Horner talk to Checo, this might be me reading into things, but I genuinely thought uh, when Horner was talking, Checo, it's like, oh, good job, Checo. And then when he talked to Max, he's like, great job, Max, you got <laughs> the fastest lap. Woo! <laughs> yeah, it's like that Gordon Ramsay meme of. Uh, yeah, we're talking to adults and then talking to kids. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. To be honest, if we're talking about the, the 
safety car and how that helped Max. I genuinely thought the safety car was going to make it a bit more exciting because some people were going to get the advantage of that. But I thought after that, it kind of really neutralised the race. Yeah, it was quite a strange safety car. So they said just afterwards, because we were wondering why why it had come out. Well, and first of all, like we could see when, well, when I was watching the stream, it looked like uh, Stroll was parked on the middle of the track and I was like obviously he's going to get a safety car because he needs to get out and get off the track but when you zoomed out and you could see the cameras he was actually parked in a really good place it didn't really make any sense why yeah he couldn't have parked it basically any better so they said it was an issue with the GPS tracker that they see so when they're looking at where they bring a safety car out they will be looking at GPS trackers where the car is and camera feeds everything like that so they might have seen where they thought he was parked up, so that was where there was a glitch in the system. Ah, okay. So, and they seen it, and were like, right, because that is coming into a high-speed corner with a big braking zone, so the air on the side of caution is, is the correct thing to do, you know. I think, obviously, then, when they deployed it and they realised where it was, probably too late to bring it back in the studio, which is fair enough, yeah. Yeah, as in, but I would still much rather sit here talking about an error on that side of it, yeah. rather than they didn't bring it out, and he was in the middle of the track, yeah. you know, so. In fairness, I think it really helped Max, and it really helped Alonso, I think it would have been a much more exciting race if they had to keep fighting when it because Alonso obviously had the time penalty and Max was still at the back of the grid. It would have been very fun to watch them fight the way through. Yeah, because both of them had the pace for it, but like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, Ferrari were the real losers out of safety car. So obviously Leclerc started on the softs and pitted that little bit early, so he ended up dropping behind Hamilton off the. Yeah, Merck done a really good job of managing that at that point. Yeah, so I think we talked about it last week on it that safety car is such a high probability here so that they'd extend that first stint. So obviously Merck started Hamilton on hards. Now he did a good job off the line as well to not lose any positions because yeah. there is there is quite a difference in your... your yeah, because it's very, well, obviously a lot harder to heat them up and stuff. And harder to the heat them up, there's just less grip off yeah. the line as well. So he did well to manage that early stint in the race and keep it going. So obviously Merck said they don't feel they're as as strong on tyres as other teams. So it gave them that little bit of a cushion to run that bit longer. And once safety car came out, they were happy enough. Yeah, and considering Jeddah's such a high-speed track, the fact that they were able to keep the Ferraris at bay, even though they were faster in the straights, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, the, the Ferrari just did not seem like a good race car. It was very much a good quality car and not it it didn't seem to have the the race pace of its competitors around it which was similar to what we seen last year as in Leclerc I think there was a stat that last year Max had more wins from Leclerc poles than yeah. Leclerc did so it's yeah, it's mad. a continuation of that I think Leclerc had a bit of a frustrated and kind of race this, this week he was just kind of lost at sea really yeah I think he's obviously annoyed at his team uh for like late information and then like, on the when, restart yeah yeah and then when science was ahead he was like i don't know what to do it's <laughs> <laughs> just like yeah you're behind your teammate like yeah I don't know. and so then of the front runners obviously max pipping in to steal the fastest lap at the end i enjoyed that interaction with him asking the team what what am i going for for fastest lap and they're saying oh, we're, well, we don't think that's important right now yeah i think it kind of sounded like they were like they were focusing on managing the car. Cause Which, like, fair enough, obviously, yeah. 100% is better to finish than, like, try and get an extra point. And from the team's perspective, they already had the extra point. One of their two drivers had it. Yeah. It was just Max wanted it to be him having it. Yeah. Rather than Checo. It would have been very exciting to see Checo take the lead of the championship. Yeah, definitely. I think, though... I really I think their dynamic has changed, obviously, since last year. Like, when, when Checo was in need and then Max was like, fuck you. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Checo is coming out swinging this year. 100%. And I'm um, excited to see it because I feel like with the Red Bull dominance, the the whole season will be kind of boring unless there's a bit of yeah. If, if there's some in team in team fighting, we'll have at least entertainment there, and then there is good great entertainment down the field. Oh, like even sorry, yeah, 
that being said, obviously Aston Martin, Mercedes and Ferrari, I think they're going to keep us entertained. Yeah, and I think that will change track to track as well. Yeah. Yeah, so I think Checo was a bit naive around... He seemed surprised at the end that Max had went for a fastest lap. I don't see how you could... Everyone knew watching that race that Max was going to go for a fast lap at some point. I don't know if Checo didn't have the pace, didn't have the tyres, or didn't want to go against what the team were saying, but I don't see how he was surprised Max went for a fast lap run at the end. Well, in fairness, like, sorry, from Checo's point of view, you're saying he's naive, but it sounded like on the radio that the team were still in line. So, like, as in, like... I think Checo has faith in, in the team and yeah. what they what he was getting told or what he was perceiving I think was still correct. He's like Max isn't going for the fast lap, he's not he has issues, like he's not going for the fast lap, you don't need to worry about that. And then Max was like, Fuck this anyway. But yeah, exactly. But still that's what I mean. So yeah, I naive because he trusted Max. <laughs> naive he actually trusted the team on it and, and in fairness, yeah, the, the team told him not to go for it, but Max was always gonna go for one. Yeah, well, Max was told not to go for it as well. So I feel like, from Checo's point of view, I think this early in the season, he needs to trust his team. If I think when Max starts acting out and start pushing things like that, there, it's not like it's not the team's fault. So like, if 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 Checo was to kind of put his relationship with the team in jeopardy now, it's not going to serve him well in the future. I think this one point is fine. I don't I don't necessarily call it naive from Checo. I get what you're saying. I do get what you're saying. But at the same time, I think it's not the right hill to die on. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think Checo made a good decision this week. Ran a good race kept his head down like still good communication with the team yeah. I think he'd done everything well Like so obviously Max had the issues in qualifying with the engine and the drive shaft so th- to be honest that seems like it will be Red Bull's biggest rival for the year is their own cars breaking down <laughs> some reliability issues yeah yeah. but I feel like that was the same as last year last year they had some reliability issues I know everyone was having reliability issues at the start of last year but Red Bull kind of Red like, Bull especially Max DNF both first exactly, races yeah. yeah so I think I remember thinking at the time I was like oh this is it they're fucked like because they're going to have issues all year round they're not going to be able to get any points and they're going to fall behind but they got in handle of it like, like race 6 so it was like after that it was just smooth sailing yeah so I don't think I don't think we need to be too worried about that. Oh, I, I think they'll still have uh, either finish the race and win or DNF, I don't think. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, they, they'll have enough of a buffer built up. But if there is going to be that inter-team battle, that's where it gets interesting. If one oh, driver... Oh, yeah, one driver has an issue. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What I think is good, though, this is Checo's first win when Max didn't DNF. Yeah, which yeah. Which is fair play to him. It's his, his first leading one, too. And also, he stopped Max from getting the, the record for most. Yeah, I didn't understand what that was. So... Max has won 15 of the last 20 races yeah. which is the same as what Schumacher won 15 out of 20 if he had won 16 out of 21 that was the most dominant period of any individual driver so now he's, on, now he's only tied with Schumacher So a uh, caveat to this episode it was recorded after Russell had been given the podium place but before Aston Martin had went with seven previous cases of penalties not being given for similar to the FIA so parts of the next discussion are incorrect but we will be discussing the FIA's handling slash mishandling of this entire debacle on next week's episode. Merck picking up their first podium of the year obviously that's a good change of fortune for them compared to where they seem to say they've been over the past two weeks. They, yeah, they seem pretty it. unhappy with the car. And like I think Russell is kind of okay with it, but Lewis seems very unhappy with it. Yeah, they've been there's been a lot of negative press coming out about it. They seem to improve over the weekend as well through the practices into qualifying. They were getting the setup just tweaked in a little bit more. Mm. Now, obviously there's a bit of fortune for Russell to get that podium, but still it's nice to get a podium in the bag early yeah, in the season in, when they know they have yeah. massive issues. However, in fairness to Russell, um like Alonso got a bit of luck into having to get away with that five, five first five second penalty. And that allowed Russell was very close to it in anyway. Like, do you know what I mean? 
So like I know Like Alonso got luck The safety car came He was able to take The five second penalty When everyone was slowing down And then he got Fucked because of the This ten second penalty So like uh, Like But uh, Russell wasn't that far away Like Russell could have Got that on merit If it wasn't for the safety car Yeah I suppose uh, Well Russell got a picture On the safety car as well So it helped him Yeah yeah, fair enough. So they both benefited really from the safety. Yeah, Ferrari were the only real losers from the safety car yeah, yeah. in, but in anyway, terms of the front runners. Yeah, like Russell and uh, Hamilton ran a good race. I think both of them did. Yeah, they did. I think it's a good win for the team as well, just as in they know obviously the car isn't where they want it to be. But getting a podium this early in the season gives a bit more impetus around it saying, oh, look, this is where we are when we're bad. What will we be like when we get better? Yeah, pretty much. I think it's a bit, I think I do think it's a bit weird that um, there's so much giving out about the car from Hamilton's point of view when Russell is still managing to do quite well I think he's I think Hamilton's kind of struggling a bit being not the worst or not the worst driver but like the yeah, worst performing driver at the, the minute just like he's only in two races in like but but this is something that like um, we've oh, we haven't talked about before like, this is something that like I've read about before where Hamilton has been in statistically some of the best cars of all time over the last, say, five to ten years. Yeah. Russell has been in statistically some of the worst cars of all time in that yeah, same fair. time period. So is Russell just that little bit better at driving a shitbox Maybe. than Hamilton is, you know? And Either way, like, Russell's still handling the car better. I know it's only yeah. two races, but still he's handling the car better. And I think, like, a lot of Hamilton's complaints could be more around, you know, like, Either they're developing the car towards Russell or not towards him and stuff, or like yeah, I think it's just that not not towards him. Yeah, I think he's just struggling with not being on top. Yeah, and I think they touched on in commentary that he he can when he gets down on something, it can take him a little while to get over it, and then he pushes on from there. Yeah, he traditionally has never started a season well. Even all his title winning seasons, he usually yeah. first two to three races. It always takes him a little while longer to adopt to a car. Even when he's winning, though, like even when he's winning, he's always like, "Oh no, we didn't do that well that race." Like I think he maybe it's not that he's down about it; it's just people are talking about it more now because he's losing. But yeah. I think it's more that like that's his mentality. He's always like, "There's more to do. There's more to be done. There's more I can do. There's more the team can do. We can be better." And I think just because they're losing, it seems so much more negative. Yeah, that there's no positive stories to outweigh the negative. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and I think I maybe if they were winning, I don't think his his line of like talking points would would be different. I think he'd be like, "The car's still struggling." Yeah, well, I know we're winning, but we could be we could lose at any time. I think that's just his mentality. Like, yeah, he's talking about the car effectively in a vacuum. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was interesting to see though Mercedes let them race. There was no calls to switch the drivers over after the safety car restart, which I was a little. Uh, because Hamilton uh, no, was on fresher tyres. Yeah, well, he was on the mediums first, the hard, so I thought they would let him go and take a rattle at Alonso, and then, if not, let Russell through again. Yeah. Now, it kind of worked out better in a way, I suppose. Because I think Alonso was pulling ahead quite quickly, though. So I don't even know if like there was a chance to to let Hamilton by and then let him try and yeah, tackle. Because he just took off. Yeah, yeah, in fairness, yeah. Alonso had great race pace. Yeah. But and you're just going to end up slowing both your drivers down at that stage. Yeah, and Mercedes have never particularly done team orders early in the season. It's only really... I don't think Toto has the practice. I mean, he, he hasn't had to deal with that issue for so long that he's like, he doesn't know how to do it anymore. <laughs> no, but they, they never did, as in, even in Hamilton Bottas seasons, it would only be when Bottas was out of the world title race that they would start doing the team orders yeah, calls. They, they've ha- they have been quite good for that, as opposed to... Ferrari, Red Bull, who yeah. usually have that outright number one driver from the get go. Yeah, I think Toto is very hesitant to do that because, like, if you look back at the Rosberg, um, year, yeah, I feel like 
there was the collisions and stuff because Toto was he didn't want to to make any calls. Yeah. Um, I, I I didn't watch F1 at the time, but I watched back the the recap of that entire year. Yeah. And just like I don't know if that was the commentary that was put on it or if there's bias already around that, but that's what I got from that situation. Yeah, and also at this point of the year, we don't know yet who which of them is the faster driver, so there's no point in picking one over the other in terms of championship. Look, yeah, I think they could have given it a rattle and, and switched the drivers over, but again, they got the podium, so... Yeah, fair. <laughs> fair enough to them. Um, but yeah, I think they'll definitely go away from Saudi Arabia and head to, head to Melbourne a little bit more optimistic about the year. I think George will, anyway. George will, and I think Ham- Hamilton will as well. I think he, he is still happy to see the, the team progression progress. in the car. Exactly, progression yeah, yeah. in the car. Now, I suppose that brings us on to Aston Martin, who had a had a great car, but a poor race would probably be... Yeah, actually, that's a very good description. A, a poor race for the potential of that car. For both drivers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. I really wonder what Lance's issue was, because the, the race engineer sounded very urgent. The brakes were smoking on the grid just before the start, so I'm wondering if there was some sort of brake issue that they were picking up and they were seeing and that he might not have seen until, or felt, until it just failed. And Jeddah is not a track you want your brakes to fail at. Yeah. <laughs> There's three to four points where you're landed into a corner at 300k. There's a couple of massive braking but did zones. But did he roll to a stop then? Because it looked like he was braking as he's coming up to that stop. Yeah, they, but the brakes mightn't have failed yet but they oh, could I have see. been yeah, yeah, about yeah. to fail yeah we've seen the marshals coming with fire extinguishers to the front of the car which yeah. usually only means brakes there's nothing at the front of the car really to generate enough heat to, to justify that that's what i would assume went yeah, wrong i feel like that's probably the most urgent thing that, that that you can think of other than the car about to explode but obviously the engine's not the front of the car so yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i think that's probably actually a very good call actually Wait, was there any interviews afterwards or did you see any interviews afterwards that was like indicated that it was the brakes or uh, no, I haven't seen that yet. But yeah, it was a very, very urgent message. I don't, I don't remember the last time I've heard one. So like, please stop the car. Yeah. Quick, get out. <laughs> I know? think it was a good job of Lance to get it where, where he got the car. Because, uh, yeah. again, I think we touched on it earlier, but like, it looked like it was right in the middle of the track until they zoomed out and it was parked in a very good spot. And especially when he doesn't know what the issue, well, as in we didn't hear that he knows what the issue was coming yeah. into it. He might have been aware beforehand, like they might have been like, you need, we need we're, we are monitoring this yeah, and we will let you know if there's any issues and then all of a sudden it just failed or yeah, it was yeah. about to fail and uh, got, got called in. Um, I'm sure it'll come yeah. out over the, the next few hours or days what, yeah. what's happened anyway he's had an unlucky, unlucky start to the season yes yeah. broken well, wrists oh yes yeah, yeah. enough race. well his last race wasn't too bad but like I'm saying like he, he was there he could have performed a lot better if he wasn't injured yeah 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 um, I know he's always joking about daddy's money or but he's still actually a decent driver yeah, I, I've uh, I've maintained that throughout, and I think he got a bit of protection by Latifi being there for so long. Yeah, fair. But yeah, a lot of people are arguing, but like he has pole I've, positions, he has lots of podiums, and he, he got he got podiums in bad cars as well in Williams, and he, he's a really good wet weather driver as well, which obviously we don't get to see enough of these days. But yeah, I, I think he will have a really good season, and if the luck swings back his way, I can see him giving Alonso a challenge over the course of the season. So it's going to be a great barometer to to, to base him off. Yeah. for the rest of his career and then obviously Alonso who had a couple of time penalties <laughs> doing his best impression of his former teammate Ocon from last week god yeah the, Jesus. The, did you see the clip of him pulling into the the start box he was well yeah he was well off yeah like, I don't know how he I, I think he was trying something I think he'd done that intentionally um, like to try and get a bit more space from the start but like yeah because he's that's always why doing stuff like be, that. That's why it has to be a penalty. So once you're making that kind of technical infringement, oh, 100%. there is going to be... Yeah. Do you remember, was it uh, two years ago or, or last year, where he just drove straight 
and then came back on the track. Yeah, yeah. I remember him pointing out before the race that this is going to be an issue and then nothing was done about it. So he did it. I was like, yeah, yeah this is an issue. But yeah, Alonso had a good weekend, obviously, all around apart from that. But just that that went from bad to worse. Again, similar talk on from last week. Yeah. Yet we are going to do a quick GoFundMe campaign and we're going to get 10 different Casio watches and send one to each of the F1 teams. <laughs> because if this happens again, uh, I, I don't know how... Like Because surely that would have come up with Aston Martin this week, seeing the penalty that yeah. Alpine got the week before. In fairness, I think la- last week was a timing issue. They started early. This week was the the rear jack man was like at, he was already touching the car yeah they were they were doing it from the get-go yeah 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 well he wasn't he wasn't doing anything so they're like oh yeah waiting i think he obviously either got per instruction or just fucked up the guy the it was improper procedure up. yeah pretty much yeah um so if that was his first day fuck that's a rough first day yeah i would not like to be that guy yeah. seeing alonso coming through the office ah uh, no look i'm sure look alonso was a seasoned veteran at this time i would i'd assume he'll go and have a chat with the guy and say look yeah. you know it's also, I feel like the FIA are really tightening up on the rules, like all the nitty gritty rules, yeah. purely because it's been such a shit show over the past couple of years. Yeah. Um, a lot of complaints around inconsistencies and stuff like that there. Even the teams were saying, oh, we think Alonso might have a five second penalty. And then it came out to a 10 second penalty because it was consistent with the previous time that happened. Yeah. Whereas previously, they would have given out a penalty and then there would have been an uproar. I'm like, oh, last time this happened, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So like, I think they're just getting a better handle on how they're doing things. I think their procedures are tightening up. Yeah, and it's something that like fans of every sport across the world give out about consistency in refereeing and consistency in how the rules are yeah. applied. The first penalty was definitely Alonso's fault. I think he was trying something. And the second yeah, one yeah, was obviously... Yeah, he was too far off to... Yeah, it was that, way that off. was an accident. Yeah, and the second one obviously wasn't his fault. He just got unlucky with that one. So talking about Aston Martin, I believe it was Mike Crack's birthday. Yeah, long time listener to the show, so happy birthday, Mike. Yeah, I think he's going to get pretty loose for his birthday. Uh, you'd want after that. <laughs> yeah, um, actually, yeah, you would. Yeah. Then on Ferrari, uh, a fairly anonymous race from them, really. They they didn't have the pace to challenge the Mercs. Like, they were fairly consistent after the safety car restart. They were three to four seconds behind Merc. They, they never really fully dropped off the face of the earth, but just... Yeah, I don't think I, like, other than the little tension between Leclerc and his engineer, I don't think I heard from Sainz at all. Yeah, so, yeah, Sainz. Very quiet race from both of them. Yeah. Which is probably a good thing from Ferrari. Yeah, yeah I suppose. <laughs> Usually when we talk about Ferrari, it's because they did something stupid. This time we're talking about them because they didn't really didn't do anything at all. Stupid, yeah. I think the starting Leclerc and Softs was a poor strategic decision. Yeah. I don't see what they were ever going to benefit, benefit with that having to pit so early in the field when yeah considering the it's is, Jeddah there's like there was more than likely going to be a safety car at some point exactly. I actually was surprised that it, that the safety car that was there was a technical issue like in, a, in one car as opposed to a crash yeah, I was expecting was no, a crash there was a few cars picked up damage throughout the race but there was no I was expecting crashes. some of the rookies to spin or something yeah like because you looked at in quali there was like Two or three spins. There's two or three spins, but still none of them really hit the wall. There was no yeah. big events. So fair play. That's, you know, for Sergeant Piastri, that's... De Vries. De Vries, yeah. yeah. It's a good start to their season to get Jeddah out of the way early, which is the, the highest likelihood of getting that big crash. I think we'll see this difference between Aston Martin, Mark and Ferrari change track to track over the season. This just didn't seem to suit Ferrari. They were comfortable in where they were, but they weren't sitting back, but they really weren't, they weren't going to challenge anyone ahead of them. Come Albert Park, that might be a little bit different. I think, yeah, I think that, is that a midfield battle? The top midfield? Upper midfield? Front markers? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't know what to call it. The 
It is top of the field, but just Red Bull's so fucking far ahead. Yeah, the ABRB, anything yeah. but Red Bull race. I think we were looking at it and like Max and Checo separately have more points than any other team. Yes, they do. So yeah, so there's just like, yeah, I don't know if we're going to have any battle between them. So yeah, it's going to be a little sideshow for Mercedes, Ferrari and Aston Martin, which will, yeah, which will be quite exciting, I think. Yeah, it'll be, it, and exactly. And when it, when it changes track to track, it will be entertaining. The only issue with it really that we've seen today was that they were all separated by that three to five second mark. So you had your Aston Martin, Aston Martin, not since. Singular. Yeah. You had five seconds back from it to Russell and Hamilton, and then you had another five seconds back from Mercedes to Ferrari's. So that would be my only concern. I'd like to see them a little bit closer. But again, yeah, I, I think that will change track to track. Oh, 100%, yeah. I hope so, yeah. That's the, that's the hope, I suppose. And obviously with the car improvements and how the cars are going to change throughout the... Not only how, how they change from track to track, but how they're changing like from week to week for yeah, themselves. Yeah. Like. So then to finish out the top 10, we had the pair of Alpines and Magnussen. Alpine, again, probably happy enough. They know they're not challenging Mercedes. Yeah. The, nice, quiet race. Decent he, job. Yeah, Ocon making up for his mistakes last week, picking up four points. So I think they'll be fairly happy with where they are that that consistent fifth team in it and I, I'd be surprised if any of the any of Haas Williams etc can pick up enough consistent points I think we will see Alpine in that eighth to tenth bracket a lot this season because it, yeah they, they're decent car two decent drivers it's nowhere near the rest of them as in just the front yeah, of the pack, yeah yeah so they'll be keeping an eye on what's going on ahead of them but I think they'll they'll be targeting maybe next season yeah no, that's fair. Like, I think they're going to yeah, be picking up decent points throughout the season. Yeah. Nothing crazy. We had a great battle then for 10th between Tsunoda and Magnussen. Obviously, Magnussen winning out just towards the end. Yeah, that was actually a great little battle. Yeah, it's no... And I love the way Tsunoda came on the mic just to curse. Well, he didn't curse, but he... It's something we haven't seen from Tsunoda in a while. It was very mature defending. He didn't... And that the fact that he didn't curse. And that too, yeah. But he, he defended really well into turn one. Like yeah, on, kept the on, car safe, didn't spin it. Exactly, on multiple occasions. Like a little lock up, but you know, you, yeah. can, you can forgive And he almost that. took back the position when he got overtaken. Magnussen just outmaneuvered him. Yeah, and then once Magnussen got, got five or six turns ahead again, he, he was able to, to stretch it out. So that's a great point for Haas to pick up early in the season. Magnussen is showing his ability versus Hulkenberg at the moment and maybe his familiarity with the car and having last season Well, yeah, the car, full. the team... Yeah, and haven't been here last season, so... That's Hulk has been, beaten him twice in qualifying, but Magnussen has been ahead in both the races, so he has that, that overall race pace, and that would be an important 10th for Haas. Yeah, sure, Hulkenberg has been out for two seasons, basically, or more. Yeah. And oh, so, no, he's still doing a great job coming back into it, and he yeah. will grow more and more into it. And even as in this is a track he hasn't raced at before, so... Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. I think, I think that the battle will get closer. The last car he was in was also an Aston Martin. True. Well, it was also a shitbox Aston Martin, so it wasn't. True. But yeah, so I think that'll be an interesting dynamic throughout the season to see if, if Hulk can up his race pace a little bit. Williams had a bit of a in-between day. Albon was running an okay race where he was, and then, yeah, he had that kind of intermittent brake failure. Yeah, fair play to him getting back to the pits without having to... Yeah, I'd say they were... Fairly nervous corners he's yeah, taken, yeah. Yeah, breaking it as he was driving around. It was interesting because he went past the pits and then slowed down almost immediately. 
Yeah. I don't know. Maybe the team had told him to stay out. They might have been trying stuff on the wheel to see if there's anything they could fix with it. So, because obviously. Or they just told him very late. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you, you don't want to cut across. Yeah, especially if you don't have any brakes. And if they're not ready for you either. Yeah. They didn't elaborate, obviously, on what the braking issue was, but we had seen, obviously, that this track is hard on your brakes, the high temperature, so. The high speeds and the, the yeah. sharp corners, like. Yeah, exactly. Big, heavy braking zones. So, not ideal for Albon going out, but I think. Logan Sargent will be happy with his weekend. Again, staying stay out of the wall is a great result for him on that. Got pipped by Piastri at the end of the race, but was strong in the middle part of the race. So I think, yeah, I, I think he'll be happy enough with his weekend's work. I think Sargent was unlucky. There was one section where he got overtaken twice. Like, yeah, he, he went to... But he kept it clean in fairness to him, so... Yeah, and look, I, I would... I'd imagine that's what Williams have said to him, you know, get your Finish first few races. races under the belt. Yeah, yeah, you know. It was good to see Piastri get Please into, don't crash our car. <laughs> yeah. We can't afford it. It was nice to see McLaren letting Piastri take a stab at Sargent at the end. Getting Norris move out of the way because obviously they were on different tyres, different strategies at that point. So that was pretty much the only silver lining for McLaren from this weekend. But actually, no, I suppose Piastri was eighth in qualifying. So th- there is pace in that car. Yeah, it's just not race pace. Yeah, it, it's hard to know. Are different settings today. for qualification and stuff? Or no? No. No. no, the same engine map. They'll slightly adjust, say, front wings and different. It's, but, like, one of the big things is fuel load, that some cars can take the extra weight Fair. for the start of the race well, and some can't. And the McLaren might be one of those. Now, look, they're obviously very unlucky, both picking up damage early, early on in the race and having a pit to replace front wings. So I think at that point, they probably were. Yeah. I think it was interesting, though, that they had the team orders to swap around. It was near the end. Lando had to let Piastri by and Piastri made the move and he, and he got it sorted so yeah. fair play to him for his and, I know, second race I and know for Norris as well obviously he's looking at a rookie teammate coming in so it's, it's crazy to think of his as Norris being the the senior member of that team and kind of you know taking Piastri under his wing because what Norris is 23 yeah but it, it, it's nice of him as well to Furnace he has been there for a few years now oh yeah he's five years in at this point but it, yeah. it, it was nice to see him doing that as well and it's good for Piastri obviously because last race he got one lap two laps something stupid like that yeah it was, wasn't so a lot yeah it's great to see him finish the race and kind of get that overtaken yeah yeah exactly and then another card issue with Bottas they never really explained what no he just was at the back of the pack it, at one point yeah and I, like I said I didn't even see him in the pits that often I, I know he was in a couple of times but yeah Alfa Romeo haven't I think there was one radio message was, yeah where he was just complaining about the engine yeah yeah so, obviously issues of that. Uh, Joe Guanyu, again, looked outside the top 10, had a de- ran a decent race, got through it, but nothing nothing great for them to take away from this weekend. You know, they, they would want to be fighting Haas and Alfred Tauri for that last point. Yeah. Do you have any other comments or last kind of thoughts about the race? I thought it was a decent enough race. I thought Alonso crossing the finish line was a bit cheeky. Oh, yeah, because he slowed down very quickly. He slowed right down. Yeah, so like when he crossed the line, pretty much slammed the brake straight away. Russell was really close within those five seconds and he was getting told, oh, you might be in a five second window or five second penalty. And if Russell was in that window, I think if Alonso was jamming on the brakes, he might have been trying to push Russell just outside that window. So even if he got the penalty, he'll still have the position. Exactly. Yeah. Like Russell come around that turn. If he's, if he, he knows he's trying to push every last tenth out of this and him seeing Alonso go and slam on the brakes, he has to react to that. And that's a, yeah. a tenth is a, enough of a difference as like as we see now, obviously the, the penalty ended up being 10 seconds, not five. Yeah. But I, I think that they have, the FAA have talked about trying to clamp down on the weaving into the across the finish line and that kind of stuff. But I think they'll need to, to look at that again because... 
obviously it, this is it pure conjecture in our point of view but yeah yeah but I, but it is something that you wouldn't put past Alonso oh no he, he's exactly <laughs> yeah. the type of driver and look that's consummate professionally he's doing everything he can to get every last every last inch no matter how dangerous yeah, yeah, but that, but that is it, it is so Break dangerous. It. It's, it's twenty twenty three. It's still a live track at that point, so I would like to see the FAA get a bit more consistent on that and say, look, don't. I would like Alonso to confirm that's what he was doing. <laughs> yeah, we'll wait and see what happens during the week. Yeah. So we have two races into the season. Where would you rank this compared to Bahrain? Considering I didn't watch Bahrain, <laughs> I would put this number one. Yeah, I think so too. I think, I think we got to see a bit more fight between the Red Bulls as well. Oh yeah, actually, yeah, it, that's a good point. There was a bit more drama across the field. So yeah, uh, yeah I would definitely have this number one in the ranking so I far watched, this year. Yeah, I watched the highlights from last week and from what I was told, the highlights was pretty much the only thing that happened. Yeah, yeah, like exactly, there was yeah. very little else going on. And when I was watching this, the, this time around, uh, my internet skipped for a bit. And I missed a tiny bit and I, I found myself being, oh, fuck, because it was just getting exciting. It was like the first yeah. half an hour and it was pretty exciting. The, the first 20 minutes of the race were really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know the safety car, we were saying, kind of neutralized it. But even after that, there was still a lot going on that was still enjoyable. Um, and especially near the end there when Max was taking the fastest lap point from Checo, that was kind of interesting. Yeah. And even the conversation they're having afterwards, you can kind of tell they're a bit touch at each other. Yeah, and it's, so we're obviously very early in the season. There's one point between them, uh, Rebel are clean massively ahead already in the constructors but yes there's one point between them now so it, it that that relationship will get yeah. strained and strained more often it'd be very interesting now if Checo can manage to keep this up I hope he will it'll be very interesting to see how Christian handles this because like previously when Red Bull are winning like when Seb was dominant and when Max has kind of won the past few years it's obvious like oh yeah Max is our number one driver but yeah. if Checo is in the lead of the championship he can't really be at that so he will he, he will, he will. Oh, of course he will but yeah like, because when, when it was Vettel and Weber he still even when they were close together in the championship he still always favoured Vettel and it was very obvious and yeah. they gave Vettel the best parts for the cars everything like that he's so he he's back as driver and look again look che- Checo is yeah. Is a good driver, but he's not as good as Max, really. No, you know, he's, he's not. not. So, but I think that's why it's exciting. I kind of want to see Checo put it to him. Like, he doesn't yeah, need I, to I, be I, the better I, driver. He, he just needs to get more points. <laughs> I feel like Will Bucks and Drive to Survive being like, <sighs> you only win the championship if you get more yeah, points. Yeah. But you know what I mean, though? As in, like, Max can get unlucky, and if Checo's there, like, like if Checo's there and he's putting in the work and he's getting the points and Max has a couple of bad races and he's still in the fight... There's no reason why he can't justify him getting yeah. more treatment for whatever. Do you know what I mean? So. No, exactly. And bar the fastest lap today, Checo did everything he could to capitalize on Max Max's engine issue yesterday. So yeah. yeah, I think Checo will be happy enough. But even after the even after the um, safety flag, like Max was five seconds behind Checo pretty much from lap twenty. I yeah, think. he he never it, it kind of went down to four point three, four point two, and then went back up again. Yeah. yeah, I remember when Max was there. I at lap 20 and I was like oh yeah he'll just catch up now and pass check out the next 10 laps and he never did and he never got closer than 4.5 I think or 4.4 yeah so no exactly Checo beat him today on PR race pace yep. when, when they were out leading in front yeah again they, they pulled such a gap on the rest of the field when, when they were really kicking each other on you know yeah. and, and that's why Checo kept radiating in saying why are we still pushing we're so far ahead you know why can't we neutralise this because Red Bull know that Max will keep pushing so Checo had to keep pushing yeah fair yeah so good race all in all the next round of the championship will be the Australian Grand Prix in Albert Park so we'll be previewing that one next week 
All right, will we move on to our fun segment? No one can see my air quotes. What's our topic for this week? Gemma told me it was job titles. Yes, okay. So, piastri chef. Oh, fair enough. Oconologist. <laughs> Do you even know I what I'm like referencing, though? Farmer Alonso. Uh, Silverstone cutter. <laughs> it's like, uh, if you own property, is, can you give that a job title as a landowner? <laughs> a landowner Norris. <laughs> yes. I know it's not a real job, but ghastly busters. Oh, actually, that one works quite well. Yeah. Lewis Driver, Hamilton. <laughs> I mean, he's technically a vet, but there's a special man that comes around to dehorn cattle. So he's the dehorner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Mick Shoemaker. That's just literally what his name means, though. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm, it's it's the perfect pun. Oh, oh, Michael Shoemaker. <laughs> Ralph Shoemaker. Oh, come on, Jason, be original. <laughs> We've a few puns from our very hardworking producer Gemma. So she has Bank Leclerc. Oh, she also had your Lando Lord. Lando oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, that's, that's so much better. Mechanic DeVries, Singapore star. Oh, God. Esther Banker, science psychiatrist. <laughs> thanks, Gemma. Uh, we're going to finish up the section with some submissions we've had from our Instagram page. So thanks for this, guys. Alex, I'll Bob the Builder. <laughs> Oscar Piastri Chef. Yeah, that, that one's coming up a few times. It's <laughs> yoga instructor. <laughs> Valtteri Botanist. <laughs> that's pretty good, that, one, actually. That, yeah, that, that's, yeah. Th- these are much cleverer. Nick Chef Depart Freeze. What? <laughs> is Chef du Parti. Oh. I didn't get that one. I was like, what the fuck? These are um, way over our pay grade. So, cheers for sending them in, guys. That's going to be our lot for this week, folks. Make sure to check out our Instagram page for the competition details so you can find us there on Did You Watch The Race? All one word. So the last chance to enter the competition will be on Wednesday, the day this podcast is out. Again, thanks so much to Kyle Moore. It's uh, it's really appreciated that they're supporting such a new podcast. So cheers, Barry. Cheers, all the staff at Kyle Moore. So thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed the podcast, make sure to leave a review or a comment. Give us a follow. We're available on all major podcasting platforms. So that's it from this week. I've been Colm. I've been Jason, and we'll talk to you next time.